Buenos Nachos, amigos, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Record Breakers. I'm Petey Rave, your man with no plan. Here with me is, of course, my team, my squad, my, my crew. We've got Patrick. Hello. We've got Brett. I do what to my transistor? And we've got Drew. Hi. Yeah. Uh, we're here, of course, to talk about music. We share music with each other uh, periodically. all take turns sharing an album. Uh, and it is my turn. Uh, like I said last week, we are we are hanging on the corner of 52nd and Broadway. We are hanging with Rancid's uh, very, uh, very uh, recognizable, memorable, and out come the wolves. Uh, it came out in 95. It was after they decided, after being shopped around to stay with Epitaph. Uh, very cool, very interesting record, uh, to say the least. Um, I'll start with uh, Patrick. Patrick, what expectations did you have coming into this album? I'm going to go out on a limb and say everyone on this podcast could have probably reviewed this record without listening to it again. Because I remember distinctly in a hangout listening to Drew try to learn Maxwell murder on bass. And I know Brett said that at least once in the group chat this week. And we're all sort of the close enough to the same age that we all remember Rancid and mm-hmm. this specific album. It's a classic. Yeah. I would like I, to put out there that I can play up until halfway through or I could play up to halfway through the solo of Maxwell murder. <laughs> My fingers get a little bit tied up halfway through. If I stop playing the song and just play the solo, I can get through most of it, but then I can't transition back out of it to get in the last chorus. Side note. Yes. Let's go on. Yes. <laughs> There's let's... very little to be ashamed with there, Drew. I can't play any of it. Yes. Uh, At least that was when I used to play all the time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Drew, uh, like we were saying, what expectations did you have coming I may have tried to learn Maxwell Murder on bass when I was a teenager. Um, this may be a band I'm familiar with. Um, exactly. Uh, I liked ska. I liked punk rock. Therefore, the things that Matt Freeman and the boys were doing back in the day were something I was familiar with. Ipso um, facto. Uh, Brett, you're familiar with this album as well, right? Oh, no. Uh, I... I Honestly, this is probably the album that I've heard most repeatedly in my entire life, more than any other album. Not always because I have choice. Um, this is this is one of the the staples of you know ninety punk nineties punk rock albums. Uh, if you've been in a skate park in the last twenty years, you've probably heard this entire album on loop. Um, you know, I'm sure this song haunts karaoke nights around the world where 30 somethings that uh that used to be into it uh try and do a thing i'll describe later um you know i i I was definitely a fan of the prior works of the members of this band and uh, i saw them live i saw them the the band that came after this band live um so i i i'm what i'm familiar yeah yeah. Uh, as far as yeah, my, even my connection. I said like, uh, like I said before. Uh, I don't know if I said it on the show, but I used the picture as a clue because uh, I when I first went to New York, I specifically went to. Uh, let me see if I Moon Hooch. No, you went. Uh, yes, I went to Moon Hooch. Uh, I went to where is it? God dang it! I went to Fifty Second Broadway. 
<laughs> there, there's that's that was a menagerie of pictures that uh, weren't exactly what you're wanting, but they were entertaining nonetheless. <laughs> uh, yes, I specifically went to Fifty uh, Second and Broadway. There you go. When I first went to New York, specifically because of the one of the songs on this album, uh, and we'll award-winning get to that. podcast. Yes uh award nearly award nominated podcast yes (laughs) (laughs) if we hadn't uh, bowed out ourselves uh but yes this album this is like like drew said before uh there's ska there's punk uh this you know this band this album is very much the uh, a nice cross-section of what rancid sound was this is very much that uh they are you know a staple east bay punk band like this, this is very much an east bay punk sound uh you can see their uh influences laid bare uh you can definitely listen to if you, if you pay attention you can hear the the big influences by by groups like the clash specifically the clash <laughs> uh you could definitely of course there's the 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 very prominent touches of uh of ska in there ska sounds without necessarily always the horns but just to, you know that ska punk uh sound uh you know the biggest element of course is one of well one of the biggest elements of course is that bass sound throughout uh that you know matt freeman <laughs> matt freeman's stylings going throughout the the album uh but i'll let i'll let you guys do a little bit better job of describing the music uh patrick what would be the themes elements that make up this album uh it's pretty much what you said it's a mid, early to mid 90s punk rock record uh, with a heavy dose of of ska influence thrown into it, um, if if you've listened to Operation Ivy, you've heard what became this sound, and if you've listened to uh, all the sort of later '90s pop punk, that all started here. Those bands all sort of interconnect in one form or another to the point where uh, Billy Joe Armstrong, prior to Lars joining the band, was invited to be the second guitar player in this band, but he uh, he decided to do uh, Green Day because Dookie happened and uh, he sold a bajillion records. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the well, I think, and we've mentioned it a couple times. The thing that's especially impressive about Rancid is they have a really good bass player. Um, Tim Armstrong's Tim Armstrong. He is not uh, the greatest of guitarists, but he's one of the best. <laughs> punk rock guitarist <laughs> understatement of the so, so okay so as part of my research i ended up watching the video to ruby soho and uh can we all just say tim armstrong playing guitar looks like an actor in a movie who doesn't know how to play guitar trying to play guitar it, like it literally looks like he's not playing he just looks like he's waving his hands near the instrument and sound comes out uh, but that's guitarist. what you get from a man named lint he is uh, one of them it's yeah. the um it's uh who was it? Lil Wayne, I believe, did that uh, guitar playing thing for a while. Yeah. Um, where it was just sort of hanging there. And you're like, are you actually pushing those strings down? Or what are you doing? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. He, he uh, the man once known as Lint, uh, he, he has an interesting style about his guitar playing. And he's left-handed, so it's already a little awkward to watch. But, like, yeah. Uh, but, again, but like, this is... If you are a, st- if you were going to write a, uh, 
a, a college course in punk rock, this album would be in it. It's it's very very influential. It's very uh, very much a time capsule of you know what was happening in 1995, and it's one of the best examples of that part of the genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew, what would be the themes elements that make up this record? There are some records that, um, when we review them, I don't know if I can be a hundred percent objective, um, just because of where they hit me in my life. This was huge in my life. Um, rants in general, um, not only their self-titled record, their self-titled record and this record are probably the ones that are most influential to me, um, growing up from them. And this one, especially there was like I said, there's a lot of ska influence in there and, Oh, weird. I like ska music. Huh? Um, and, but there's still a lot of that, like punk edge. There's the, the heroin mush mouth. That is, um, certain singers of this band that we were actually, uh, discussing, uh, his, his personal, uh, possible problems. Uh, so not, the quite, not quite as heroin mushmouthy, I think, in this album, but as he right. was in the future. <laughs> M- mushmouth. God, let the dominoes I would like fall. To hear, I would like to hear mushmouth from Fat Elvis. Yes. Do some, do some. Mushmouth in a punk rock band would be awesome. Yes. Um, <laughs> but no, th- this record, and Branson in particular for like punk bands in general, and why this was kind of awesome, was they had sort of actually a good like fidelity to them. You uh, coming out and coming into this era was the era where like all of a sudden it didn't, you could have a label like Epitaph that had just enough money to get good sounding records out of bands. And like, that was fine. Like they were able to put that money together because the prices started coming down in the nineties and now they're like dirt cheap and like labels aren't even necessary to make a good sound anymore. Blah, 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 blah. But like this was like starting to get that way. Um, you have a lot of good roots. Um, ska sounds sort of pushing up every so often with this punk edge, but come on. If like Matt Freeman, like Matt Freeman's one of the greatest, like to me, one of the greatest, um, musicians in the punk rock scene, period the bass lines are just great um the way he uses like not only walking bass lines but like crazy runs um the fact that he wasn't he did not allow himself to be sort of cornered in what a lot of punk bassists do which is i'm gonna ride the root of every chord and just make it thicker like, he didn't do that. He didn't want to be a part of that. And because of that, you hear so much more movement and you hear so much more to it. But it was also still a band that, like, while it still had that credibility to it and still had the the love from, like, a lot of that underground thing, it was still a band that, like, like Pat said, it, Billy Joe was almost in it. Think about that for a second. Like, they toured with Blink-182. They had Offspring help them on records. Like, this is a band that, like, never cared about, like, the hierarchy, but, like, was always just there doing what they wanted to do after Op Ivy, which was this, for better or worse, for some people. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Brett, 
Uh, how would you sum things up about this record? Uh, well, you know, what hasn't been said. Uh, Tim Armstrong has the gravelly quaalude mouth, um, but uh, if you can't follow that, luckily he's only half the vocals, uh, give or take. Uh, you know, Lars Fredrickson does a pretty good job of, uh, of either harmonizing or actually singing what they're supposed to be singing together. <laughs> uh, either way, uh, it's, it, it works. Um, actually attempting notes. This is true. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's a whole lot better sounding when he's, you know, you I'll always hang out with you. Yeah. They're, I'm just going to stop there. If you, you want to sound really good, sing along with somebody who's not very good. It'll make you be amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, you know, as plectrum bass, punks, bass slingers, uh, you know, you get uh, Mr. Matt is uh, pretty good. He um, on on a, a style of a subgenre of a subgenre um, that's normally pretty simple. Um, having a, uh, a uh, some complexity in the low end really fattens up the songs quite a bit. Um, you know, it's stylistically, it's a, you know, it's kind of like Op Ivy that's all grown up um, with more polish. Um, one would say, uh, you know, the, they weren't blazing new ground. Uh, you know, you don't get like machine gun drums like Pennywise or No Effect. You don't get crazy vulgarity or singing about uh, having relations with people at the morgue. Um, you know, this isn't that side of the genre. Um, you know, this, uh, this is... Uh, rock ballad this is the boss does punk ska um you know most of the songs are ballads um you know it's uh i'm really shocked at how different it is from the rest of the music that i was listening to at the time you know this album came out right at the you know right after they buried grunge um and the punk rock that was coming out around that time was a whole lot different especially the stuff that i was listening to so uh you know this was this this was kind of a, a journey a, of uh of you know looking into my closet and seeing my old t-shirts but yeah, that pretty much sums things up when we get into songs you know there's i should say there's not a whole lot of variety in the sounds of the songs the songs pretty much follow formula um you can spot a rancid song from a mile away even if there was no um uh, mush mouth sings the sings the punk but uh yeah we'll let's get into some songs and yeah. break it down a little further yeah, let's get into some songs. Uh, there's there's the there's the the major hits <laughs> like Time Bomb and Ruby Soho, uh, and of course Roots Radicals. You know the, those we can talk about. Let's talk about some of the other songs. Uh, let's do the record breakers thing. Talk about Maxwell Murder, <laughs> the song uh, that was meant after mentioned, uh, the song that Drew tried to learn, uh, and very much so because uh, of it does several things. It introduces you to Rancid. It does a great job of setting the pace of the album, uh, not just the you know the vocals, the guitars, but also the bass, and it showcases well and has one of the wildest bass solos uh, you, you'll hear in a, probably in a, in a lot of places. Just a, a, or at least as as wild as you would expect on a punk rock record, just kind of coming out of nowhere. Uh, you gonna have Bootsy walk in in his in his pink boots playing <laughs> bass lines for him, but. If, if, for, for, if we're grading on a curve, yes, PD is correct. Yes, you, yes. You not expect it. Yeah, it's just unexpected. It's, fant- it's pretty fantastic. Uh, we, of course, the, the, the aforementioned lyric, uh, 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 hanging on the corner of 52nd Broadway, is uh, starring in 
uh, a song called Olympia Washington, which is another fantastic, you know, it's quintessential rancid song. Uh, does a good job of you know, kind of like doing a little fun storytelling. Uh, it's catchy as all hell. Uh, it's fun to listen to and fun to kind of uh, jump around and pump your fists to it. Uh, and, you know, like I said, it inspired me to, to, to specifically stand on the corner of 52nd and Broadway and take that selfie uh, before we, we coined the term selfies uh, back in 2008. Like, uh, it's pretty fantastic. And, of course, that, that uh, there's a couple of songs that showcase that ska sound, including a song like Daily Silly, si- Daily Silly Train. <laughs> Daily yeah. City Train. It is a silly train. That yes. is correct. Uh it does a fantastic job of folk sh- of showcasing uh, that ska punk sound, that ska sound, that you know, uh, that quintessential sound. It, it's it's a really great showcase of that. Really good feel. Really fun to listen to. Uh, but yeah, enough about what I'm picking. Uh, let's talk about you guys, Patrick. What will be some of the key tracks for you? Um. I'll talk about Maxwell Murder too because it is just one of the best bass lines in punk, and it's got a bass solo which there aren't enough of. It's like the 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 best like speedy picked out bass solos since uh, Got the Time by Anthrax. Uh, it just it it has that sort of like I'm just beating the shit out of it sort of vibe going on. Um, the hits on this record are all well known, but I'm going to talk about one specifically because of my history with it. Ruby Soho. I downloaded that shit over Napster when Napster was still a thing. Like I, I remember it and I remember downloading it. It was, it was one of the, I was just getting into punk. I was not made of money, so I couldn't go buy every punk record ever written. So I had Napster. $30 CDs. Yeah. (laughs) What happens? Uh, so I, I was like told, oh, you need to listen to this. Oh, you need to listen to this by various, uh, friends between school and AOL and messenger. Yes, that's how old I am. Uh, and this was one of them and I, I loved it back then. And I like, I remember putting it on, uh, MP3 CDs when that was how you could get more than, you know, 20 stuff on a burnt CD. If you had the right kind of discman, I remember having it on my first iPod. Like that, that song sticks with me now. It, it musically, it's uh, it, punk doesn't have a whole lot of dynamic changes usually, and this song kind of does. It's very, very quiet during the during the verses, and then gets all loud and yelly during the chorus, which is you know not not an unused thing, but it, it's there's an actual dynamic change. And, in uh, in punk rock, there's usually, as Charlie Sheen would say, one speed. Yeah, not go. Yeah. Yeah. Blow, blow, Go. yeah, blow. It would be yeah. blow. That would be Charlie. Oh, that, that, was, that, was, that would be if you were signed to to uh, Fat Records, but that was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, and calling them kids out. I think they called themselves out. Yep. <laughs> and Fair then uh, she's automatic, which is a just dead simple punk song, but and it's it's the dumbest thing. But again, punk most punk rock is just literally a punk rock drum kit for 80% of bands is a bass drum, a snare drum, some hi-hats. And that's literally all you need. You can make a punk record. This is clever use of a ride symbol during the chorus. And it's, it's the sort of thing that doesn't matter to anyone but me. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's like the difference between Rancid and a lot of punk bands is that 
they they would do they would make different choices musically a, a lot because of their ska influence and a lot because members of the band not named Tim are, are fairly okay musicians. I Lars really isn't that spectacular either. I guess ain't none um, of them that spectacular except for the guy behind behind the bass fiddle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, but but the drums are are really really solid on that song and I, I just think it's a fun song. Yeah. Uh, and and you could you this is one of those records where you could do the Drew thing and talk about seventy five percent of the songs on the record because yeah. they all are pretty fucking. Guess good. what I'm talking about for fuck you. Guys. <laughs> I, you know what I mean. You know yes, what I mean. It's the truth. When Drew brings a ska record and he has to go over seven of the ten songs on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to be to be fair, he could go through a lot of songs before he gets to a majority. To, to yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it's also like oh, what nineteen fucking weird. tracks. <laughs> When when you have an album where most of the songs are like two minutes and thirty seconds it's long, it's a punk rock record that lasts fifty minutes. It's yeah. not thirty three and out. Like yes. that's yeah. that's almost impressive. It's almost it's a double album basically. It's, yes, <laughs> it's just that you know there's enough for you can fit it on one disc, so it can't be a double album anymore. <laughs> uh, also, to his credit, Fat Mike is detoxing. So is he? According, it's, it's, according it's to his Instagram. It's economical <laughs> that way. Yes. Yeah. Could, could you add the phrase again, or is this actually the first time he's actually bothered to go to rehab? Uh, he didn't go to rehab. He de- he's detoxing. At least that's his. That's he's, I would say to his insistent terminology. Juice, yeah. A juice cleanse. Yeah, he's like he's he's doing more of a thing. You know. Uh, but yes. Uh, These guys true. are all old. Yeah. They are. Yeah. All of a sudden, <laughs> including Fat Here. Mike. Yeah. Uh, also, Fat Mike shouldn't be all that old, but you know, blow yeah. as we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, and pills. It's a hell of a drug. <laughs> I mean, he 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 did a song. He is forty nine years old. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Drew. He's forty nine, and like, he, yeah, he's dragging ass for yeah. forty nine. Let's dragging be fair. Like forty nine, uh, not that terribly old, yes. unless you've done what Fat Mike has done. Yeah. Uh, Drew, let's talk about those four songs. Yeah, let's talk about the four I've got. Um, Maxwell Murder. I've got to talk about Maxwell Murder because I'm a bass player. Um, there's a couple of things I have to talk about. The The riffs in it are just fun. One, they're fun to play. They're fun to listen to. Um, it The chorus run in it is just powerful. And then the solo just fucking is nuts. Like, the solo is just all over the place. It all fits and it's all really clean. Um, and like I've seen videos of like live shows where they let him like ad lib. And this song is usually like what? It's like about two minutes and yeah. like a minute and live, a half. Minute and a half. Yeah. The live the live recordings I see like allow him almost like the length of the song to do a solo in just because it's like ah screw it like. Let's do that. And then, like, Tim spins in a corner because he's super high. Um, But it's just a great, like, showcase for that stuff. Um, Roots Radical, I want to mention, it's it's got the punk rock anthem lyrics with, like, the patented, like, Rancid's going to call out old school ska music because it's Rancid and that's what they do. Like, just Desmond Decker's name shows up for no apparent reason. (laughs) Um, But it's got this, like, light, bouncy um, rhythm dance line to it that's really, really fun. Uh, Ruby Soho, I'm also going to mention. And I'm going to mention it because of um, the drop that Pat talked about specifically. There's a groove to those verses that's great. And with the 
type of vocals you get out of Lars and Tim, this type of song with the verse sort of going quiet and like the, the echoes of reggae and like it all being like this like story, this like sort of sad story in the verses coming through. Like it shouldn't work because their singing's not good per se. It's not like classically great, but it just works because it's kind of cool and it kind of is um, something separate. And they, to their credit, like they're writing his like those type of stories I think Rancid has always been fine with. They've always been fun to me personally. And then the one I want to mention is As Wicked. And I want to mention As Wicked because As Wicked does something really, really cool. To me, this is the showcase. As Wicked, out of all the Rancid songs, is the perfect litmus test of why Matt Freeman specifically is so important to this band. Without Matt Freeman, you take his bass playing out of it and you put any other punk rock bassist in there... This song is mediocre at best, right? But something about his touch on bass and what he's doing and, like, his thought process in it is something that's awesome. And it's not like it's a constant rush of fast notes. It's not like it's constant runs and walks. But it's the right touches at the right time that really push that um, forward that I think Matt Freeman deserves a lot of credit for, Um, not only in a lot of the these songs but in that one specifically for like just sort of having that right feel to it mm-hmm. uh brett what will be some of the key tracks for you you put any other bassist from punk rock fat mike did a horrible job of the first song that i'm going to bring up that first song that i'm going to talk about is olympia Wah. Um, this is. Oh yeah, uh, I forgot about the the no effects rancid. Split. Yeah, they did a they did a split record where oh, holy crap, the, there are some things the Fat Mike ain't needing to be doing. Um, <laughs> but you know it, it's still for for everyone to hear. Um, but yeah, it's 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 probably one of my favorite rancid songs just because of uh, how uh, Lars is singing and uh, Tim's slobbering sort of goes together. Um, you know. Uh, the song could stand on its own, but this is one of those uh, one of those songs that has the bass. That it's got a really neat walking bass line that adds a ton to it, um, you know. And I I know everybody's been waiting I mean, with bated breath. Um, the sprawing of this album uh, goes to uh, the 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 wood block that they play in the back of it. There's like a little <laughs> wood block that greets you every time. Um, were you being dumb, Donald? There with your hat pulled down over your eyes, Drew. You know. Mush mouth and dumb Donald. Okay, just, just <laughs> um, and because you guys have you know been beaten off to a bunch of songs, I'll just have two. Um, because really, do we need to repeat the same stuff all the time? Uh, yes. Daily Silly Train. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up <laughs> Daily Silly Train um, because it's one of them Drew songs. Um, you know, it's uh, the lyrics uh, pretty much speak for themselves. Uh, they put them together with. Uh, with a pretty good bass and organ line, guitar on the upstroke, the drums give a jaunty feel uh, for a song that really isn't all that jaunty. Um, uh, uh, and uh, Drew, um, I've got a boot uh, I'm going to give to you. Uh, it's going to come in the mail. Um, uh, the, there, there, there's there's some slam poetry in this album that I'm not going to bring up. You're going to have to find that for yourself. Um, but yeah, the the really when it, what it comes down to for me is like you. A lot of these songs are put together with the same, you know, formula. They had, they, you know, they did it 
in in a in a very good way they they did it successfully but those are the two songs that like you know when, when i hear the album especially olympia washington that that's that's to me the song of the album that has not been beaten to the fucking dirt <laughs> yeah uh yeah it's a pretty it, those are pretty fantastic songs uh let's bring it back around the horn for some conclusive thoughts uh patrick what would be your conclusive thoughts on the album as a whole um i feel like it's required listening uh as a as a music fan it's again it's if you're going to put uh you're going to to make the the uh the book on punk rock this is this is in it it's 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 an important moment in in the genre and it's a pretty good record it's one of those ones where where i there's no there's no reason not to just hit play at the beginning and, and enjoy it for 50 minutes it's it's good most of the songs are good uh tim armstrong sings exactly like tim armstrong always has uh and it's it's simultaneously endearing and annoying but it's also punk rock so it's kind of supposed to be uh Great bass lines throughout, as uh, we've talked about repeatedly. It's really fun. It's one of those. Uh, it's one of those albums that's a classic for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album? This album is something that, like, I just feel anyone who says they're they've been into punk rock or they like punk rock, they've heard already. I, this is one of those softballs across the plate that we get every once in a while. Um, and it's absolutely fine that we get those softballs. Um, I enjoy these shows just as much as any of the other shows we do. Um, but it's just something that I think that if you're thinking about getting into punk rock, right. And you don't mind rise ball at you. That's right. Um, the, the underhand knuckleball equivalent that I don't remember the name of. God damn it! It's it's a slow pitch, Drew. Softballs are big, but I still probably couldn't hit one. <laughs> How did you were saying? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Look, I'm bad with my baseball metaphors. I'm wearing a, a softball basketball hat. Whatever. The rise ball. Um. So the the thing about it is that if you are have thought about like what's this punk rock thing about or hmm <laughs> who is ever well what is this punk rock what is what this, is this punk rock? Punk let me punch rock that to the google machine <laughs> um if you've thought about getting into the genre before and you don't mind the the things we say about uh maybe the vocal quality and tonality is something that is a little bit rough around the edges on purpose and you're okay with that this is i think an album that's very easy to sort of jump into and see like okay like what's what was 90s punk rock like besides the the big names that came out of the 90s punk rock that then later went on to make garbage and make garbage not the one with the red-headed lead singer the garbage isn't hot garbage um, gotcha before you could say anything right sorry um so th- this is something that i think rancid came out of the 90s and didn't completely screw the pooch i think so going back and listening to and out come the wolves again was like putting on that like teenager like coat again just like going back home to like what i remember of being like a punk ass teen and just like 
thinking I was cooler than everybody else because I knew punk rock. Like, it was that sort of thing again. Yeah. And I'm okay with going back to that every now and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album? Well, if, 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 if you aren't into the style of the few rancid songs that I'm sure you've likely met in your journeys, you're, you're, you're probably not likely to find anything different enough to make you a huge fan. Um, I, I think this is this is a, an album that whether you like it or not, you're probably going to hear. Um, so it's just one of those things that you'll be at a party sometime and somebody will put this on. Um, I know I were at I was at those parties. Um, if, if you're completely unfamiliar, this is probably the best place to start uh, to understand what all those T-shirts hot topic meant. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I had one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, a lot of people did. Uh, I'm 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 happy that I was around when this album was you know fresh, um, and the memories will be with me forever. Uh, there's some some pretty good ones where this album is the soundtrack too, but uh, I almost wish I didn't go back and listen to it because it's this this album has aged uh, about as much as I have, um, <laughs> and uh, you know it's sort of the, my memories. But the, the, the reason why I don't bring some of my favorite albums to this, this show is so that I can be blissfully ignorant of how things have changed and I have changed. And this is one of those where, eh, I'm kind of glad I went back, but it would have been nice not to, just to be, you know, ignorant of the fact that it, it, all these songs are pretty much the same thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, and there's a, there's a throughput. Uh, but yeah, that's, under, yeah that, that, that's true. Uh, but yeah. This album is fantastic and fun, and the, there's some good songs. On, there's some fantastically good songs on here, and it's it's a great journey into into uh, what was coming out of uh, punk rock music in the '90s, and you know what was coming out of East Bay in the '90s. Uh, it's just fantastic stuff. Uh, it's a really good record. Uh, you know these they, they, these aren't the best singers in the world, They're not best guitar, guitar players in the world, not the best drummer. Pretty damn good bassist, uh, but I think it's a great example of I think a mantra that uh, that uh, I would say I would uh, currently attribute to uh, one uh, Kpopalypse, uh, the K-pop blogger, uh, which is that uh, good songs beat technical skills any day of the week. If you got good songs, don't don't you need to be a classically trained nothing. Uh, they're still good songs. Uh, just like technical skills don't save bad songs. <laughs> uh, if these were bad, you know, if they were perfect instrument you know, players, uh, and they were playing bad songs, they would still be bad songs. So, you know, these are some damn good songs. Uh, and they played them uh, as they needed to. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, go listen to this album. Release the Hounds. <laughs> How come the wolves? Uh... Who let the dogs off? Who? 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 Mitt Romney. Yes. Um, but yeah, that brings us to the main event of the evening. We get to our haiku reviews. We talk about uh, the album in poetic form. Speaking of slam poetry. Uh, though this is not slam poetry, it's a haiku. Uh, let's start with... Let's start with Drew. Drew, what is your haiku? All of my scholars. And all of my love of punk beautifully mashed. Uh, Patrick, what is your haiku? Punk and ska classic, 
from a man once known as Lint still holds up today. Brett, what is your haiku? Uh, a real must listen. Soundtrack of the old skate park. Showing some gray hairs. <laughs> they all are. Uh, I think that was a joke by, by Henry Rollins that, that, that he said, like, that's how you know the true punks are. They're the ones with the gray hairs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my haiku. An East Bay classic from uh, a fanta- frantic blends of punk rock styles to pump your fist to. Uh, and that is Rancid and Out Come the Wolves. You can, of course, find it on our Spotify playlist, play Record Breakers the home game. Uh, play along with us, follow along with us at home. Uh, on that Spotify playlist, presumably, is going to be next week's pick, uh, which is courtesy of Patrick. Patrick, what do you got for us next week? Uh, so I, I, I'm going Midwesterly, uh, vaguely emo music. Um, a band from uh, Brett's neck of the woods. A band called Chamberlain and their al- and their album The Moon My Saddle. Never heard of them. Yes. <laughs> uh look forward to that. But that is next week, and this is this week. Uh you can of course find us all over the internet. Patrick is at Swagger, Brett is at Hibity Bibbert, H I B B I T Y B I B B A R D. Drew is at Exclusive X. I'm at PD Rave. The show is for Record Breakers. That's the number four Record Breakers. Recordbreakerspodcast.com. Recordbreakerspodcast.gmail.com is the email. You can email us at Email us at uh for this and other shows. Or an iTunes Stitcher all over the place. Until next time, hasta los huevos. And keep an eye out for for pretty soon. Dumb shit. Korea. Dumb shit coming. Incoming dumb shit. Also, from the time this is released in a couple weeks, I'll be in Korea, so keep an eye out for that. For something there. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>